Hey friends, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to personally welcome you to our podcast. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good? All right, all right, all right. I love the energy. Listen, we're going to take a trip down memory lane before we even kick this thing off today. And so uh, we're going to play a game. I got my DJ, DJ True, in the house. Give it up for him. So uh, we're going to play a game called Name That Tune Off the Level Up List of Songs. So let's cue it up, guys. And DJ True is going to take us there. So here's the deal. I want you guys to try to figure out who sings it and what year it was in. Who sings it and what year it was in. All right, so let's get ready to drop the first one. Are we ready? One, two, three. My baby don't mess around because Where that, where's that? So yeah. Yes, I know for sure. Listen. All the black people are like, I know it, I know it, I know it. All the white people are like, I don't know. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. All right. That was Outcast, y'all. Outcast, hey, y'all. Next one. There it is. There it is. Y'all got it now. Listen, if, if you're about 19 or 20 in here, this song is largely responsible for you being here. I just want you to know right now. All right? Sweeter than you. Sweeter than me. You can feel it in your heart. All right, True, give us another one. There it is. There it is. All the white people. We can say that in this church. I don't know what other church y'all been to, but we talk about it here. Play the air guitar. Fall Out Boy. Sugar, we're going down. That's 2005, guys. 2005. That's nuts. Next, True, drop us. Gotta get dead. Gotta get dead. Gotta get dead. Gotta get dead, 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 dead. Gotta get dead. That's it. Black Eyed Peas, Boom Boom Pow, 2009. What do we got? Who who knows it already? Come on, come on. Ja Rule, living it up. Nobody knows because Ja Rule disappeared after this song and no one ever seen it from him since. Next, True. Oh, here we go. Who knows it? Who knows it? Y'all know it? God, he's somebody that I used to know, 2011. All right. True, give us another one. Anybody know what it is already? We're the only church playing this on Sunday morning, I can promise you, right now. I, that's fact. You know I said that I am better now, better now. That's Post Malone. If you don't know who he is, don't worry about it. You're never going to hear him again unless you already know. So there you go. All right. 2018, guys. True. Give us the next one. Peace up. Peace A-Town. Up. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah. I already knew. I already 
invite y'all to get on your feet with us. Go ahead, True. Put your hands together. That's enough. Sit down, y'all. Thank you very much. Give it up for DJ True in the house this morning. Thank you. Now, it ain't a competition. It really isn't. But I can promise you, we're the only church that did that this morning ever. So just let that sink in. No. What does that have to do with what we're talking about today? How many of you guys listened to some of them songs It was like, I remember that song. Like, I remember when I was listening to that on the radio. First of all, if you were using a radio, that already tells how old you were, okay? So, fact. I worked at a music store one time, and this kid grabbed a cassette tape, and was like, Mommy, what's this? And I was like, oh, no, no. We're already here. But I remember listening to, like, Casey and JoJo. Boom, 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 boom. Like, I remember all, you know, I was like, man, some of the ladies might like to hear this on the piano. I can't play nothing else, but I'm going to learn this, you know. But I remember, like, nostalgia. How many guys listened to some of them songs, right? It was bringing back, like, memories. You remember riding in the car. You weren't even driving. Some of y'all weren't. <laughs> y'all were riding with somebody else. Just like, oh, this is the jam. Usher, yeah, 2004, come on. So, all that to say, why do we, why did I, why did we bring that out this morning? Because how many of us will connect to the past? How many guys are connected to the past? You got something, memories, you're like some of these songs already. Like you are remembering times that you wish you forgot. Come on, right? Some of them songs, you remember like, ooh, I remember hearing that at that place that I shouldn't have been at. Okay, so your parents are looking at you right now. Listen, don't, don't make a face. But we, we connect with the past. But here's one of the reasons I believe we connect with the past so much. A lot of times our nostalgia wants to connect us to the past. Because we would rather remember the past and be comfortable than look forward to the fear of the future and be uncomfortable. What awaits us can be scary. So we would rather look at what we know than look at what we don't know. And so when it comes to what's coming, man, that can be really scary. So we would rather be nostalgic. We would rather remember what's behind us than look forward to what's ahead. But here's the problem with that. You can, never be afraid of what, you can never be afraid of what's in front of you and stay focused on what's behind you and make it to where God wants to take you. You can never be fearful of the future and accomplish your purpose at the same time. 
You can never look for what God is going to do in your life, but be terrified and never move forward. Because if you're going to move forward, it requires you to conquer your fear of the future so that you can discover your purpose and operate in it. And how many guys over this past three weeks, and this is the fourth week of Level Up, are ready to say, God, I'm ready to give you. I want you to do something great with my life, and I'm ready to move forward. How many guys are ready to do that? Amen? So today we're going to talk to you about the story of David. And if you go to 1 Samuel 16, if you have your Bibles or take out your notes, it's on there. And you can kind of read along with us and it'll also be on the screen. And so the story of David, what happens is, is uh, David is born. He's got uh, quite a few brothers. And the king, uh, the king uh, is getting to the end of his era. And so the prophet Samuel comes and God sends him to the house of David, technically to the house of Jesse. Sends him to the house and he says, I'm going to show you who the new king of Israel is going to be. And I want you to anoint him because he's going to become the king of Israel. He's going to accomplish great things for me and he's going to be my chosen one. And so Samuel goes to the house of Jesse. And so he goes down the list of brothers. And so Samuel's looking for the one that God is going to tell him that's the next king of Israel. And that's where we pick up right here, 10 through 11. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. So none of them were the right ones. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? And then he says, there is still the youngest, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. So then he tells him, he says, go get him. I want you to go get David because none of these are the right ones. And so Jesse, David's father, has already disqualified him for what he might be qualified for. How many guys have ever been disqualified for something that, you, that God was already telling you you were qualified for? Maybe you, you felt like you were owed something. Maybe there was a promotion that God was trying to put you into. Maybe there's a job. Maybe there's something you're trying to do at school and you already disqualify yourself or someone else disqualifies you before you ever get a shot at it. Anybody ever been there before? How many of y'all ever had a family member tell you no before you ever got an opportunity to feel you were qualified for a yes? How many of y'all got some friends? They're on your side till you want to do something outrageous that God is calling you to, and all of a sudden they become negative Nancys around you. Start telling you all the things that you can't do, right? So we go to 1 Samuel 16, verse 12, and this is what I want to show you. So David comes before Samuel, and the Lord said, this is the one. Turn to your neighbor and say, this is the one. This is the one, anoint him. And for some of you in your life right now, God is coming alongside you and he's trying to, he wants to anoint you. He wants to choose you. He wants to set you on track with purpose. He wants to give you a destiny. He wants to unlock your future. He wants to set you on track for everything that he called you to. And can I tell you something? God doesn't have plan B's. He only has plan A. And whatever you've gone through in your life to get you to where you're going hasn't gotten you off track of what God wants to do. It's improving your testimony for when you get there. And so where you've come from doesn't dictate where you're going. God dictates where you're going and where you've come from is only a bigger portion of the testimony that you're going to get to tell someone when you get there. And so God wants to unlock purpose in your life. And so David stands before Samuel and Samuel says, this is the one. But Jesse, David's father, had disqualified him before the opportunity ever even came. And for many of us, there's a chance 
There's a purpose. There's a future. There's a destiny to be unlocked inside of us that God wants to do something great with your life. And many of us will never get there because we don't see how it could happen. We've decided in our minds not to let it happen. But I'm here to tell you today that if you can get beyond your own thinking, see, the problem is a lot of us want supernatural favor in our life, but we don't want to operate with supernatural faith. And God says it's going to take something crazy in your obedience to reach the crazy fulfillment that I have for you. God wants to unlock everything in your life that he has promised you. And even if it doesn't make sense, that means he gets even more credit for accomplishing it in your life. So what does God want to unlock in our life? Well, I want to talk to you today about rerouting your purpose. Turn to your neighbor and say rerouting. Rerouting your purpose. And the Lord said, this is the one. So in rerouting your purpose, I want to take you down these three steps that's a part of, the, part of that journey. Number one, you got to stop identifying with the past. You've got to stop identifying with the past. So God wants to do something amazing in your life, but oftentimes where we've come from, we allow that to dictate where we're going. There's no way that I could speak into someone else's relationship because my marriage is a wreck. There's no way that I could be a friend and lead them to Jesus because I'm barely getting there myself. There's no way that I could encourage someone else to pursue their degree or career. There's no way I could cause someone else and encourage them to pursue the purpose of God when I'm barely making it on my own. And I'm here to tell you that you can't allow where you've come from to dictate how you encourage someone else on how they're getting there. Where you've come from doesn't have to dictate where you're going. Where you've come from gets to be part of the testimony for when you get there. So we stop identifying with the past. So in Deuteronomy 23.3, we see the Lord talking here. And to catch you up on what's happening in this text, the Moabites had an opportunity to come to the aid with the nation of Israel. So the nation of Israel is going to battle again. And the Moabites had a chance to come alongside them and help them in battle. But they chose not to. Now, the Israelites, the people of Israel, those are God's chosen people, all right? So if you have an opportunity to come along God's chosen person, chosen people, then you better say yes. You with me? So what happens in Deuteronomy 23, the Moabites say no. So this is God's response to them saying no. No Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants, even in the 10th generation, will be included among the Lord's people. In other words, he said they're cursed. How many of y'all know y'all don't want to be cursed by God, right? I might get cursed by my neighbor. I might get cursed by some, but God is not on that list. But he says they're excluded from being a part of my kingdom, even into the 10th generation. And what I want you to see, and we're going to see how this affects the life of David, because... Ruth, David's great-great-grandmother. So Ruth had Obed, Obed had Jesse, and then Jesse had David. So the question is this. If God anointed David to be the new king of Israel, how did that happen if he was part of a cursed lineage? And for some of us, what I want to help us see today is that pursuit of our purpose will require us to let go of our past. The pursuit of our purpose will require us to let go of our past. So 
How does that happen? Let's get into it today. The first thing you need to understand is that what's happened to you doesn't compare to what's happening through you. Stay with me, y'all. What's happened to you doesn't compare to what's happening through you. God's intention, God's desire, God's plan to use you is that he would give you the opportunity to realize that your past, the struggles, everything that's happened to you. Listen, I'm here to tell you today that the hurts that you have happen. The pain that you experience happen. The abuse, the emotional turmoil, the situations that you've gone through, all of that is real. Every bit of it happened, but it doesn't have to define where you're going. And if you want to get impressed into the purpose that God is trying to unlock in your life, you will have to realize that there's a separation moment between what happened to you and what God is now going to do through you. And when you can separate what's happened to you to what's happening through you, what God will do is he'll now take that pain. He'll now take that struggle. He'll now take that issue. He'll now take that addiction and he'll make it part of the purpose that gets to help you release someone else from the very struggle you experienced. God's desire is that he would unlock something in you and catapult you into your purpose. But we have to let go of where we've come from and start looking forward to where we're going. So we have to disconnect from our past. Next, we got to start executing in the present. We got to start executing in the present. God has something he wants you to do right now. He has a purpose for you right now. He has something he wants to unlock in you right now. There's something for you to execute tomorrow. When you get to work tomorrow, you need to be praying, God, who do I need to see? Who do I need to talk to? Who does God want to do something in their life through me? Where am I going to execute? How can I help? What do I need to do? And then immediately start engaging. We got to start executing in the present, in the right now. Turn to your neighbor and say right now. So we got to start right now. Let's go to 1 Samuel 17, 14 through 15. So what's happening here, moving on in the story of David. Now, this is what David's kind of known for more than anything else. So David is going out to the battlefield, and we see his brothers have now joined Saul's army. So, and they're coming against this giant named Goliath. And if you've heard the story of David and Goliath, there's this giant, nine feet tall, huge guy. And he's, he's coming against the nation of Israel, and he's, he's a Philistine, so he's fighting for them. And so there's a battle taking place. And as he battles with them and as he fights, every guy they send in to fight him, he destroys them. Because he's nine feet tall, y'all. Like, he's huge. And so as he defeats them, as he comes against them, what happens is now David comes on the scene, right? So David was the youngest son, and his three oldest brothers stayed with Saul's army. But David went back and forth so he could help his father with the sheep in Bethlehem. And this is something I want you to understand, going back to your past, is as soon as David was anointed, he didn't go straight to the throne. He went back to the field. And for some of us, what God is going to do in our life requires us to be obedient where we are so that we can unlock the future of where we will be. And so often, I see it especially in young people. It's like, oh man, I found out what I want to do with the rest of my life, go. And it's like, yeah, but maybe go might be making sandwiches at Subway for two years before you get there. Because God wants to see if you'll be faithful with the little before he gives you much. He wants to know if you'll flip burgers for a while or drop fries and some grease for a little bit to see if you are faithful enough to be stewarding the small areas of your life before he gives you big areas of your life. And so my encouragement to all of you, be faithful in the little so that God can give you much. 
So he went back to the fields and was tending the sheep. And so we see that David is now in this place where God is telling David, I want you to stay still. I want you to be where you're at. I want you to do that. But what you have to understand is when we get into those small areas, how many guys have been in those small areas of life? They feel like they're a rut. You feel like you're going nowhere. You know God wants to do something great with you, but here you are stuck at wherever you're at. And you're like, God, I know there's something bigger for me. I know there's something greater for me. I know that you want to do more with my life, but I feel like I'm just stuck right here. I feel like I'm going nowhere. I feel like nothing's happening. And God wants to ask you, God wants to put the question in your heart and in your life is, will you be faithful with the little so that he can make you ruler over much? And so we find ourselves in these places and God's saying, will you be obedient to stay still? Will you be obedient to stay still? And that brings us to our next quote, that the release of your promise is determined by your obedience in the present. Your release of your promise is determined by your obedience in the present. So, Let's go to 1 Samuel 17, 32, because this is where we want to pick up this story. And so we see David and he's fighting Goliath, right? And so Goliath starts cursing the God of Israel, which is, which is God. Starts, and David gets upset. Now, first of all, David goes out onto the battlefield. How many, how many of y'all are the younger sibling and you got someone that's older than you? Where y'all at? Younger sibling, you got someone that's older than you, Right? How many of y'all ever did the thing where you tried to sneak up on them while they were doing stuff that you weren't old enough to be a part of? Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like they got friends over and you just wandering over like, what y'all doing? What y'all doing over there? It's like, go away. It's like, eh. right? Because you want to be a part of what's going on. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And if you're the oldest sibling in here, you know what I'm talking about. You're trying to kick your little brother, little sister out. Like, get out of my room. We ain't here watching the real world or whatever that y'all were doing at that age. <laughs> Seattle. No, I'm just kidding. So, like, you're watching, you're watching TV, and the, the younger sibling comes in. So I try to do that. I, I, my sister is four years older than me. And so that's a decent separation, y'all. There ain't, there's not a lot we had in common. Y'all know what I'm talking about? When I'm four, she was eight. She didn't want her four-year-old brother around. You know, you know like, that's kind of annoying, right? So then when I, when I was eight, she was 12. That didn't work either. You know, like, hey, let's hang out. No, nah, like, you're eight, I'm 12. There's nothing that we need to talk about, you know. But about the time I turned 13 and she was 17, she had some friends. Y'all know what I'm talking about? In case you don't know, between, like, 11 and 13, Boys go through this transition where they start noticing things they didn't notice before. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I was like, hey, 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 who are our ladies, 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 what y'all doing? And so I, I was like, who are these friends, friends? Problem was, when I was 13, I looked 16 or 17, you know, so I was, I would lie to them. They were like, oh, Natalie's little brother. I'm like, what's your mom? I'm 16. They were like, for real? Because, y'all, I had a goatee at 13. I'm not kidding. I really did. I have an eighth grade prom picture. I'll show you. So they, like, they semi bought into it until my sister ruined it. It's a long story. I'm still bitter. Anyway, so, <laughs> so we see David is kind of doing the same thing here. He shows up on the battlefield, and he's kind of doing that what's going on thing. Like, hey, what y'all doing? What y'all doing? Who, who, who are we fighting? 
And the older brother, even later on in the text, is like, I know what you're trying to do here. You're just trying to be nosy and see what's going on in the battlefield. Go back to the farm. And David's like, as he's standing there, Goliath starts cursing God. And he says, you know, if your God is so great, why don't one of you come out here and fight me? And he starts joking about the God of Israel. And so finally, David says this in 1732. He says, at first he says, who is this guy? Like who, who is this guy that's coming against the God of Israel, our God? And so he looks at King Saul. He goes, don't worry about this Philistine. I'll go fight him. Now, y'all, David is still a boy in his teen years. Goliath is nine feet tall. So you could imagine the smirks he was getting, right? Like, okay, David, you're going to go fight the giant, right? Because the older siblings are always like super petty. Like, oh. And so he says, no, I'll go fight him. And so this is what happens. Let's go to the next text. He goes, David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. Let's keep going. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and I'll cut off your head. Then I will give the dead bodies of your of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. Y'all listen, that's quite audacious out of a boy talking to anyone, let alone a giant nine feet tall. But here's the thing. When you know what you're called to, you know who to defeat. And what you have to realize is that this wasn't the first battle. This wasn't the first fight. This wasn't the first time that David met opposition after he became anointed. Because what happened in the process of the anointing to this moment right here is that a bear came on his property to kill the sheep that he was put in charge of. And he killed it with his bare hands. A lion came on his property to kill the sheep that he was in charge of. And he tore it apart, jaw from head with his bare hands. And so David got to the point where he saw that God comes through in supernatural ways when it doesn't even make sense. And so it wasn't that he went for the the gold. It wasn't that he went for the top. It wasn't that he started there and said, God, I hope you got this. It was that when he came against Goliath, he didn't have to look all the way back to the anointing. He just looked to the last place that God came through for him. He just looked to the last place that supernatural things happened in his life. And he looked at Saul and he said, when the first animal came, I killed it. When the lion came, I killed it and I'll kill him too. And you got to get to the place in your life that you may not know how you're going to accomplish everything you're going to accomplish, but the last time my rent was due, God came through. And the last time I got that check, God came through. And the last time that doctor's report came, God came through. And the last time that relationship fell apart, God carried me and he sustained me. And so I don't have to go all the way back to when I gave my life to the Lord. I just got to look to the last time that God did something supernatural in my life and he did it before and he'll do it again you got to execute in the present but executing in the present is always going to include where God brought you from so you're saying I don't know how God's going to do this but I already saw him do that and if he can do that he can do this and we got to get to that place in our life y'all where we start executing in the presence is it scary sure 
Is there a part of fear that is involved? Absolutely, because it's the unknown. It's so much easier to just stay where you were. But God says, I got something in front of you that I want to give you. I want to unlock purpose. I want to unlock destiny. I want to give you something bigger and better than you ever thought possible. And I'm going to do it by doing something amazing that you never thought would be possible. And I'm not just going to do it around you. I'm going to do it through you. Because I've got something amazing for you to accomplish. So David defeats Goliath on the way to what he ultimately was anointed for, which was to be the king of Israel. Which brings us to our next point, that you got to start moving towards your purpose. Yeah, you got to let go of the past. Yeah, you got to start executing in the present, but all of that is moving you to the thing that God had set aside for you the whole time. And that's moving you towards your purpose. For Samuel 17, 48 and 49, Goliath moved close to attack. David quickly ran out to meet him, reaching the shepherd bag, slung the stone, hit him in the head. Then it goes on to say that the stone sank in and Goliath stumbled, fell down, face down on the ground. But I want to take you to Psalms 89 because I want to read something to you. Because I want to, let's go back to what we said in the very beginning. Because David was part of the Moabite lineage. And if David was part of the Moabites, how could he be anointed and called to do something great? And I don't know about you, but I've asked myself that question. God, I know that you've anointed me and called me to do something great, but how do I do that when I got this in my past? How many guys have ever been there before? I know you've called, I know that there's a call in my life, but how do I get there when I got all this that I'm still dealing with? How do I get there when I got all this that I, that's still hanging on to me? How do I get to that when I know I'm dealing with this? Personally, most people don't even know a portion of my testimony. Through my teen years, drugs, drinking, getting into gang issues, all, all kinds of stuff happened between 13 and 17. By the time I was old enough to drink, I had already quit. Let that sink in. So the question is, if God wants to do this with my life, how do I get past that? And I'm here to tell you that at some point, there has to be a break between who you used to be and who you are today. There has to be a let go of what used to happen in your life, and you got to start moving towards what is happening and God's purpose being released in your life. There has to be a severing moment where you say, I'm not going to be that anymore, and I'm now going to step into what God called me to. But what do you do when even the curse seems like it's from God? Because David had a curse on his life. No Moabites to the 10th generation. That's what the Bible says. Let's read Psalms 89. I have found my servant, David. I have, say this word with me, anointed him. I will steady him with my hand, my powerful arm. I will make him strong. His enemies will not defeat him, nor will the wicked overpower him. It says, I will beat down his adversaries before him and destroy those who hate him. My faithfulness and my unfailing love will be with him and by my authority, he will grow in power. I will extend his rule all over the sea and his dominion over the rivers. Lastly, and he will call out to me, you are my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And this is the part that I want you to see. I will make him my firstborn son the mightiest king on earth. Why does that matter? Well, I'm gonna take you to Revelation 22, but before I go there, 
I grew up on the, I grew up in Pensacola for the most part, bouncing around the nation, but my parents grew up in Lakeland and Winter Haven, Florida. Anybody ever been to Lakeland, Winter Haven area? Anybody been there like 20 years ago? No? Okay, so there used to be orange groves everywhere. Orange trees, just as far, you'd be driving down a road, both sides of the road for thousands of acres, it was just orange trees. And my grandpa had orange trees in his backyard. And he used to grow oranges there, grow fruit. My grandpa was one of those guys where you don't, buy, you don't pay someone for anything you can do yourself. That included farming your own food. Which is why my dad is the way he is sometimes, where it's like, no, I'm not paying anyone to hang that door. We're going to hang it ourselves. So I don't know why I made him sound like Hank Hill or something, but whatever. So, but I remember my, my, uh, behind my grandpa's house, he had this tree. And so finally one day I was like, man, I'm going to pick an orange off of there and eat it. And so I went out there, grabbed the orange off of it, peeled it, took a big bite. Y'all know how you take like a confident bite of something? You ever been so hungry that first piece of pizza hits your plate and you're about, I'm ready to go in right now, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, so hungry. I was, that, that was how confident I was when I bit into this orange. Y'all, it wasn't an orange. It was a grapefruit. Listen, I didn't even know my face could move like that. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just, oh. That was terrible, right? But we grew up by these orange groves and uh, here's one thing that I learned in doing that is that there are some trees that have a bad root system and when it has a bad root system, it produces bad fruit. So the branches die quickly and the fruit that comes off of it is bitter. Even for oranges, it's bitter. And so it's just not good. But if you'll take the branch, you can cut the branch off of that bad root system and you can graft it into a tree. And if you'll graft unhealthy, bad branches into a good root system, it'll produce good fruit. Here's the problem, y'all. Some of us, our life has produced bad root systems. Negativity, poverty, alcoholism, drug addiction, pornography problems, sexual addiction, just sin issues in our life. Because there's sin in our past, our root system isn't healthy. And so what happens to the fruit that comes out of our life? It's bitter, it's bad. But God wants to take the branches of your life. He wants to take the purpose of your life. He wants to take the thing in the areas of your life that produce fruit, and he wants to graft them into a new root system. He wants to take your life, and you may have produced all kinds of nonsense up until now. Maybe your decisions have led to arrest records and past failures and failed relationships, and you've never held a job longer than a month and all this stuff. But what I'm telling you is that God can take those areas of your life, and he can graft them into a new root system where there's health and there's prosperity and God wants to create purpose and he wants to give you genuine connection where you can accomplish everything he's ever set out to accomplish in you. You don't have to start over. You just got to change what you're connected to. Revelation 22, 16. This is what happened to David. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. He says, I am the root of David. You see, God knew he couldn't go back on his word. Once he cursed the Moabites, they were cursed. God said, but I want David. Listen, for some of you, God's saying, I want you. God's saying, I want Jay. 
So I'm going to change the root system. I want Heather. I want Mike. I'm changing the root system. I want Justin. I want Chris. I'm changing the root system. And so instead of trying to destroy what exists, he said, I'm going to pull you out of that lineage. I'm going to pull you out of that family curse. I'm going to pull you out of those issues. I'm going to pull you out of your past. And I'm going to re-root you into a system that is healthy, that has purpose that has prosperity, that releases destiny, that has a future. He says that I have plans for you, says the Lord. One that's gonna give you a purpose and a future where I'm gonna release everything into your life that I have for you. And you're gonna get re-rooted into my family, into my lineage. And God didn't change the lineage of David. He literally pulled him out. And he said, now David is my firstborn. Now I'm the root of David. Now I'm the lineage of David. When you look at David, you don't see Ruth. You don't see Jesse, you see God. And when people look at you, they don't need to see your parents. They don't need to see your past. They don't need to see where you come from. They just need to see God. And so if we'll get re-rooted, if we'll get grafted into the family of God, he'll change every single thing about our life to release the purpose that he has for us and let destiny be fulfilled. God wants to do amazing things. And here's the beauty. You don't have to worry about being disqualified because this last one of your notes, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. So he says, I wanna do something with you. And you say, God, I'm not good enough. I don't have that skill set. That's not in my abilities. He says, perfect. Because this time when you do it, I'll get the credit. Say, God, I'm not good at, I don't don't know if I can go tell people about Jesus. Not only can you, you will. And I'm not calling you because you're ready to do it. I'm calling you because you're not ready to do it. And I'm gonna get you ready to do it. I'm gonna release every bit of blessing and purpose into your life and let you go so that you can accomplish everything that I've set out to accomplish through your life. God is ready to release purpose, destiny, fulfillment in your life. Are you? Are you ready? How many guys are ready for God to do something great with your life? You're ready to see him reroot you and give you purpose and destiny. For a lot of people, they're like, I'm ready pastor, but I don't know what the next step is. Here's what I know, we do. We know how to get you moving on that purpose. We know how to get you moving on that journey. We know how to get you plugged in to what God has for you. So here's what I want you to do. If that's you and you're saying, pastor, that's me. I want God to release something new in my life. I'm ready to pursue my purpose. How many of you guys are ready to pursue purpose right now? Just let your hands up high. I'm ready to pursue purpose. Here's what I want you to do. Go ahead and put it up there, guys. Our team is ready right now. If you're watching online or if you're in this room, if you're ready for this, our team is ready. I want you to text the word purpose to this number right here, right? Don't worry. I don't know if it's an attractive young lady or whatever. I think it's Justin, so that's definitely not an attractive young lady. But I want you to text the word purpose to this number. And here's what's going to happen. Our team is going to contact you soon. And they're gonna get you plugged into your purpose and get you moving in the direction that God has for you. Because he wants to do something with your life. He's ready to do something with your life. The question is, are you? Because he will take your obedience and create purpose. But it'll take faith to overcome your fear, get rerooted into a new destiny, a new lineage, letting go of what's behind you, overcome your past, execute your present and start moving towards your purpose. Let's see God do amazing things this year and through the rest of our life, amen? Let's give it up for Jesus in this house this morning. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Let's pray, guys. Father, we thank you. 
God, I just pray over every person that's hearing this today, whether they're watching online or whether they're in this room. God, first of all, Lord, I pray right now for a break, a sever in generational curses right now. God, where grandmothers and mothers and now they, God, have suffered, God, broken relationships and divorces, Father. God, where finances has always been an issue, God, and it goes back generations. Father, I pray that you supernaturally break that curse in their lives and get them moving towards their purpose. God, I pray where confusion has always clouded the minds of people's purpose, I pray that you move them forward in Jesus' name. Release your power in our lives. We know that you want to, so we're saying yes to getting started. In Jesus' name, with everyone's head bowed and your eyes closed today, if you're in this room and you say, Pastor, I wanna get moving towards my purpose. I do wanna start moving that, but I have to be honest with myself. My life right now, it doesn't belong to God. I've tried living life my way and I'm not necessarily a bad person. I just, I just know that Jesus isn't the Lord of my life. But today, I'm, I wanna change that. I'm ready to give him my life. And if that's you today, I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna point you out. The beauty of the gospel is this. All the sins of your past, Jesus paid for on the cross. And today, if you wanna be forgiven, we just repent of our sins and we put our faith in Jesus. And today, if you want a fresh start, you want a new beginning and you wanna start pursuing after purpose, you're ready for God to unlock destiny in your life. And you say, Pastor, I'm ready, but I want the first step. I want the next step. And that's to give my life to Jesus. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna come to you. I'm not gonna point you out but we do wanna pray for you. Would you raise your hand right now and say, that's me, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus, Pastor. God bless you, God bless you. Once you put your hands up, you can put it down. We're not gonna embarrass you. Like I said, I'm not coming to point you out. Are there more right now? Say, that's me, Pastor, I want God to save me. I want him to transform me. God bless you, yes, yes. God, I want you to save me. I want you to do something new. I've tried it my way, I'm ready to try it yours. Maybe you're watching us online, you say, that's me, Pastor. I'm ready to give my life to Jesus and watch him do something amazing with my life. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna pray a prayer together. And this prayer is words that is, ha is already putting into action what's happening in your heart. So you're in your heart, you're giving your life to Jesus. You're putting your faith in the cross and that Jesus paid for it. And that faith alone is what saves you. But we wanna pray a prayer together so that we can proclaim that Jesus is the Lord of our life. And the whole church is gonna pray it with you so that you don't pray it by yourself. So church, let's pray it with all of those that are in this room and online that are gonna pray this prayer. Let's pray it together. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross and I believe that you rose three days later. Through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life. I wanna follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. TC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that, perhaps for the very first time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We celebrate with you, awesome.
Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. For more information about our church or to contact us, please feel free to visit our website at transformationchurch.com. And if you want to connect with us on Instagram and Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. Join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be.